On today's show, we're talking trades. We know that this is a topic that every basketball fan, specifically Bucks fans, like talking about. We need to run through some stuff here. Uh, what should the pos- positional target be for this team? Uh, then we get to the names, which is the exciting part for everyone. And then after that, when would a trade actually make sense? The Bucks are in an interesting position from a salary cap perspective. We project ahead to the next couple of summers and what that looks like. So we're going to try and break it all down and make some sense of the situation the Bucks find themselves in now. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Over at ESPN, and alongside me, the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode. That is brought to you by FanDuel. We thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. We're ramping up towards the regular season. We appreciate the support and lots of fun stuff on the show this week. And Nick's crossover, uh, our latest Damian Lillard chat, and now we're going to get into the trade targets as well. So if you've missed any of that, Make sure you go back and listen to those shows and subscribe and drop a comment and like and get involved in the show and let us know uh, what you want us to talk about because, uh, let's face it, we're in September. You guys are coming up with the topics for the show. But today, Frank, uh, one that the listeners historically love, off-season, prime content. The roster's set right now. But it doesn't matter if the roster's set. People aren't satisfied when the roster's set. They want to know what else could potentially happen with this team, and particularly for a Bucks team that's in contention. We can go through all the different uh, ways that the Bucks can look at potential deals, and we'll get into names and all those types of things. Maybe the best way to set the table here is to just talk about the timing of when a trade might make sense, some of the timings when it comes to when guys can actually be traded on the roster, and then additionally, uh, next summer, the summer after, what it actually projects to look like, because that might give some clues into when uh, the Bucks might be really pushing into making a big move. Yeah, and I, I'm sort of looking at it really through the lens of the next year, right? And next year, we, we already know Giannis not signing an extension this fall. All fine, whatever. Um, not No shocker there. But next summer is obviously where this becomes, you know, a potential existential crisis if he says he's not willing to sign an extension. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think <clears throat> I think there's a very good argument for un- unless Giannis tells you that he's leaving or tells you that he wants a trade, you know, a year from now, uh, you just ride this out and say, we're going to put out all, you know, we're, we're going to spin the roulette wheel, <laughs> whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, and and we're just going to make the most of these next two years. That's our window. That's when we've got our guys. Um, and see what happens, right? And hope you can impress him that he wants to stay. Um, but obviously, if he doesn't sign the extension, then everybody's going to try to figure out what that means and does that mean that he wants to leave, blah, blah, blah. So I think the next year is obviously absolutely crucial. You know, if you go out and just win no championship, hey, that's probably the I think that's what the Bucks should do, Kane. I think that we can end the It'll podcast. Help. Bucks, our recommendation, win the championship next year. 
probably would make the decision a bit easier for Giannis. Uh, but I think there's really in the next year, like kind of like these three kind of main times when sort of the, the optionality of what this roster could look like and, you know, the implication for Giannis future would be significant. Right. I think it's, you know, basically from when guys start to be trade eligible, uh, either December 15th or January 15th, depending on what, when guys sign and their circumstances um, to the trade deadline, right. In February. Uh, and then the other really key date this coming season, which is specific to the bucks is drew holidays extension eligibility. So he becomes eligible to sign an extension at late February of this coming year after the trade deadline. And, you know, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but look for, for all of Drew's uh, foibles with his playoff shooting, um, he can opt out, right? He's got two years left on his contract, but the second year is a player option. So he can opt out next summer and become a free agent and go someplace else. He could have done that the year after the Bucks traded him, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny to look back on it, right? Like, that he was an expiring contract when the Bucks basically bet the farm on him with that huge trade. And so, you know, last time they were in this position, they were able to extend him. If they don't extend him this time, doesn't mean that they won't be able to re-sign him in the summer. Um, but, but if you get to next summer, which is the next major date, right? Trade deadline, Drew's extension eligibility, and then next summer. Um, if you were to leave next summer, uh, you know, again, say what you will about Drew. He's going to be turning 34 uh, next June. But from a talent perspective, how you replace Drew Holiday just walking out the door, uh, I don't know that you can, guys. <laughs> like, you're going to have to cash in that, you know, those, those, the, at the, by next summer, you'll have the 2029 and the 2031 first rounder that you can put into play. So, uh, but still, that's that's you know that that gets real scary if you're having to not only upgrade the roster with what you have over what you have now, but you're also having to fill a Drew-sized hole, um, Drew Holiday-sized hole uh, in your backcourt. So I would just frame it that way. And I, I personally, you know, Chris Middleton becomes trade eligible December fifteenth. Brooke Lopez becomes trade eligible January fifteenth. Again, that's just because Brooke got a raise that puts him in a kind of different group. Um, I personally, I, I just don't really foresee a scenario unless it's like, again, knock on wood, some disaster scenario. I, I have a hard time seeing a scenario where one of those guys gets traded during this season. You know, I think that they're, you know, again, unless there's like problems in the underlying relationships, yeah. you know, Giannis's commitment thing <laughs> becomes a real thing or something like that. Um, I don't think it's out of the question that one of those guys would get moved a year from now. Um next summer if things don't work out in the playoffs and you fall you know short again uh and you have to kind of try to shake things up but i think it's most i feel pretty confident they're going to stick with the kind of core group through this coming season so as we talk about like trade options and things like that i think really big trades i.e trades involving chris or brooke again i'm putting drew aside because he's likely going to be a free agent or having just signed an extension next summer um I'll put him aside for now. He was the one guy we were talking about this summer because he was not a free agent, whereas the other guys were, and it'll kind of flip yeah. next summer. Um, so when I've been thinking about trades, I've been thinking about, you know, kind of like additive trades, i.e. using those 
Grayson Allen, Connaughton, Portis, and the future first round pick type contracts, you know, the contracts and assets kind of making a play sometime, you know, from now until next trade deadline. Like those are the types of trades I'm thinking about between now and next February. And then a, a year from now, next summer, then I think a lot more potentially comes into play. I mean, who knows, right? Like if Giannis, God forbid, demands a trade, right? <laughs> like you're looking at a whole different universe of, of things that, that you'd have to consider. But that's sort of the way I'm thinking about it. So, you know, again, I know you were just talking about Damian Lillard, right? Like, again, like hard to see the Bucks making a legitimate play for Damian Lillard now, given the asset base. Um, but that said, like, I think a year from now, especially if desperation kicks in and you're, you know, if things go poorly and you're willing to put Chris Middleton into a deal or Brooke Lopez or whatever it might be, you know, yeah, I think there may be some like veteran type guys. Where will Zach Levine and the Bulls be? Who knows, right? Where will Paul George and the Clippers be? Who knows, right? I mean, again, like those are kind of glitzy names. Um, Brad Beal, we know that Giannis was interested in Brad Beal multiple times and I think pushed for the Bucks to maybe look at that this summer and they kind of did, but didn't really have any kind of obvious path to that. Again, if the suns fall short, maybe that would be something that, that you could explore next summer. So I think there's some bigger names that you could look at next summer, but I think between now and the trade deadline, I think it's much more of the let's combine our, you know, nickels and dimes and see if we can get a quarter or a 50 cent piece. I think, it, I mean, that timing does make sense. And we did discuss, certainly on the little podcast, that it seemed on the more unlikely scale of things. But uh, if you're a Bucks fan right now, let us know where you've got the panic meter because I think that's where it's at. Right now, this Bucks team should feel pretty comfortable that they've got a roster that can be uh, very, very competitive in the Eastern Conference and give themselves a chance to win a year down the track when maybe there is elevated panic or concern about losing Giannis. Maybe that's when things start to happen. And also, just because right now, with those trade dates that you mentioned as well, it seems hard to believe that the Bucs could get in the mix for Damian Lillard without you know, maybe a third team or something like that. So that's where it stands right now. Uh, so if you are talking about additive trades, that is still enough to get people excited because I think that a lot of Bucks fans are looking at this roster and saying, well, okay, we think that we might be one guard away. We might be one scorer away. So let's get to some of the names next because I've got your spreadsheet up here and i'm looking forward to running through that but first fanduel today's sponsor of the podcast snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 200 in bonus bets win or lose if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is easy to use there's a wide range of betting options that include the spreads the player props over and unders and more as well. And I'm just looking at the Packers. They get a, a home game this weekend. It's uh, unbelievable. But they do play the Saints right now, uh, giving up two points to the Packers there. So they are the favorites in this game, which you'd love to see. You'd love to see them go two and one uh, with a win here, or certainly a lot of our listeners would. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as I mentioned, hang on, I'm putting up every single sponsor board uh, down the bottom of this show. Uh, shout out to all those lovely sponsors. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you check them all out. Uh, check out the other episodes of Locked On Bucks, Damian Lillard, Locked On Knicks crossover as well. Plenty of fun stuff this week. And subscribe, drop a comment, like, and do all those things to help support the show because it's free to do. And it does, uh, it does help us along the way. 
let's get to some of the names. I've got your spreadsheet up here, and that's why uh, that's why it makes it very life very easy when I podcast with you, uh, Frank. Oh, I think because there are a lot of names that potentially Bucks fans will be excited at, but I think for the most part, when we've discussed these names over the last couple of months, we have looked at the guys in the uh, let's say fourteen to. 22, 22 million, maybe pushing it a little bit, but around that range. You've got a spreadsheet here with the the names and the salaries. Out of all those guys in that range, and you can go through and Colin Sexton, who we've discussed a lot, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who let's face it, the Bucks deserve to have him at some point in time while he's still functional, coming off a, a monster FIBA World Cup. By the way, he's a name that we see a lot in the YouTube comments. Uh, Terry Rozier has been a guy we spoke about in the past. He's at 23 million, but where do you want to start? Because those three guys do have something in common. They're guards. And I think a lot of Bucks fans will be pointing to that position on the floor as uh, maybe where the depth isn't uh, at its greatest. Yeah. And I mean, I mean to me, there, there's like two archetypes that when I think about team needs, right. Um, the way the, the, the roster is currently constructed, there's, there's sort of two general player types that I think would make the most sense that could be the most additive to the roster looking ahead to, you know, next spring and playoffs and trying to compete for a championship. I think um, one is sort of some sort of, you know, score creator um, combo guard ish, perhaps uh, player, you know, again, like Sexton, is, is a guy that obviously we've talked about it for a bit this summer. Um, I think the, I think the interesting thing about, it, if you look at those types of players, um, there's a lot of actually younger guys in there too. So Sexton's obviously on the young side, um, you know, Anthony Simons, right? Like, I don't know what Portland's plans are, you know, moving forward, even if they trade Dame um, Simons, may be a bit, you know, surplus to requirements there. Um, you know, he's making about 24 million a year <clears throat> lights out three point shooter, defensive question mark um but uh you know and, and there's some other guys too like some guys that are not on huge contracts yet guys that will need to be paid i think the, the two guys that jump out to me most there are emmanuel quickly from the knicks um a guy that didn't play well in the playoffs last year had some injuries uh but i think has been just a really well-rounded guard Again, not as as glitzy a score as as a Sexton or a Simons, um, but does a little bit of everything. And and his team defensive skills, I think, have been you know, way beyond certainly what most of these other guys that that we've been discussing are. So quickly, I think is really interesting. And you know, again, I don't think the Knicks are going to look to give him away. Uh, I think they would probably say like, oh, we want to keep him and then use him in a trade for Giannis. You know, a year from now, it's like, yeah, eh, whatever. Um, but if you could get your hands on him, you know, he's been a six man. He's been a starter. Uh, I think the beauty of having a Drew Holiday on your roster is you can, you know, again, you can play a traditional shooting guard um, or you can play another ball handler combo guard type guy. And I think it could actually work, work really well. Or you could bring that guy off the bench, whatever, whatever you might want to do. So I like quickly. And then, you know, the other guy that I like a lot um, kind of in that mold is Andrew Nemhart from Indiana. And I don't think the Pacers are you know, looking to trade him by any stretch. He had a really solid rookie year. I don't think he's a high ceiling guy by any stretch, but he's a big kind of point guardish, combo guardish type guy. He's obviously young, um, very cheap right now for, for better or worse. Uh, and, 
you know, has really intriguing defensive tools and is a guy that not a top shelf athlete, you know, not a guy that necessarily is ever going to be, um, you know, getting to the rim and, and scoring at, at high volumes, but a guy that just plays with an ease and a calmness on both ends that I think would lend itself very well to playoff basketball. And again, maybe, you know, maybe he's a 10.4 assist guy or something like that, you know, but the two way play, the ability to complement the guys you already have, I think is, is really intriguing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure like what, you know, Indiana would be expecting from him. I don't think there's really, you know, he started a fair bit last year, but given the other guys that Indiana has, like, are they really wanting, wanting to start him? They still have TJ O'Connell in the backcourt as well. Um, some of the other kind of like, again, I'll, I'll skew towards some of the younger guys. I mean, there are, there are like the Terry Rozier types out there, which, you know, Terry Rozier, very expensive, older, the Terry Rozier experience may be a bit more than any of us are, are quite ready, quite ready for. Uh, but other guys that are, are out there um, that fit in that kind of guard category, you know, Orlando, I mean, Markel Fultz, I don't know. I, I don't think Markel Fultz is necessarily a great comment, you know, a great compliment to Giannis, uh, but he's an intriguing talent really, especially when you look at it as like a two-way type player. Um and then Cole Anthony, I have never been a big Cole Anthony fan, to be honest, but I have to admit he actually has like gone places the last couple of years, been more efficient, become a more efficient player than I thought he'd be, um, has decent size. Again, I look at him more as like a six man type guy maybe, but, uh, but again, like for this box roster, we've seen, we saw what happened in the fourth quarters of those last two games uh, in the playoffs and it was not pretty. <laughs> so just no. having another guy that can be kind of that, like, you know, offensive juice would be interesting. And then I think just two other guards, um, maybe not as sexy to, to some, but, you know, Tyus Jones and DeLon Wright are sort of in purgatory with the Washington Wizards. Um, Tyus Jones, I would say, a higher-end player than than DeLon Wright. Um, Certainly overpaid by the spreadsheet, by the way. Yeah, we got an extra zero in there. $14 million, uh, is what he's making next year. Uh, cheap by by starting point guard standards if you think he's yeah. a starter, yeah. um, but you know again not not a not a not a very big guy, um, not a great high volume three point shooter, but just a really steady player. Um, and Delon Wright, you know, probably even more so. Right, just like never been a high volume three point shooter, but just kind of like does stuff. Good two way player. He's a bit older, um, so again not sexy. But again, like what does it take to get a Delon Wright? <laughs> It's not going to take a 2029 first round pick, let's say, right? So, um, so there's kind of like a big range of of potential guys there. Um, I think the the other archetype is is the wing stopper position, and and to me, this kind of gets at the idea of you're playing the Boston Celtics. Who guards Jason Tatum? Uh, well, it's not PJ Tucker. It's not Wes Matthews. Um, I really hope Chris Middleton's uh, surgically repaired knee makes him a bit uh, sprightlier on defense. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at the way the team is constructed with, at least as of now, like Grayson Allen is the incumbent shooting guard, uh, Chris coming back at the three and Giannis at the four, there's really not like a natural kind of like wing stopper type guy uh, to play there. So unless Marjan Bochamp comes out and, you know, balls out in the, uh, this coming season, which I, I don't know that, that I'm b- banking on that from a playoff perspective. Uh, I think you have a potential need there. And so there's, there's a whole slew of guys that again, whether they're a little bit bigger, 
or more kind of like two, three sized, um, you can't have enough of that type of talent. And so there's definitely guys there, whether it's, you know, Dorian Finney Smith is probably the, the most obvious guy. He's making 14 million a year for the, for the Nets. What are the Nets doing? Who knows? They also have Royce O'Neal, who's probably a, would be a bit cheaper uh, at a little under 10 million. Um, and then you've got sort of like, you know, different flavors of, of positions of guys that are maybe bringing a little bit of that more kind of like wing defensive type of mole, right? Alex Caruso, obviously fraught history with the Bucks, but a total weirdo because he's like point guard size, but he can defend up and, you know, is an all defensive caliber guy. I would love to have Alex Caruso starting that Drew Holiday. I don't know if they would make a shot in the playoffs, but but they would, they may not allow their opponents to make a shot either. Um, and then you have, you know, guys like, you know, a uh, young guy like KJ Martin, right? Like I thought I was surprised how little it took to get him from the Rockets to send him to the Clippers, you know, Norm Powell on the other side of the sort of age spectrum. I think Norm's 30 now makes $18 million a year is not cheap, but Norm Powell also bucks killer, solid defender. Um, so that would be kind of a, a different type of player. And then, you know, a guy like Reggie Bullock, who, you know, all he does is shoot threes on offense and he's a very solid defender. He's not like a big, big guy, um, but he's now in San Antonio, right? And he seems like the kind of guy the Spurs might be open to shopping, right, at the trade deadline. So, again, just different types of guys, but but just I think that's an area where, not to say that any of those guys are, you know, stopping Jason Tatum. I think Finney Smith is probably the one guy out of that group that you might say, like, start him and, and put him on Jason Tatum, and you feel, like, okay about it. Um, but uh, again, just looking at kind of the structure of the current roster, just the lack of sort of proven defensive wings does make me, you know, a bit nervous. Uh, so again, that's an area I think, you know, they always say you can can never have too many kind of those big wings in the playoffs. And so again, is that a way that the, an area that the Bucks may, may look to kind of use some of that precious asset currency on maybe. So let me, let me pause there. I mean, Kane, what's your, I know we've kind of talked about it. like where where are you at in terms of um, at least positional need? Like, is does the do you swing more towards let's get a guard who can create, or do you feel like hey we need more size, more defense, more toughness for for the playoffs on on the wing? So I think, uh, and it's kind of interesting looking at last year's playoffs, particularly in the fourth quarter when the Bucks just got absolutely smoked by Jimmy Butler. Like that that can probably tilt your the way you're looking at this a little bit. I, um, I probably it probably would have been better to use Jimmy Butler as like the who's, who's right, stopping right. X guy. Right? But Butler, yeah, pretty yeah. much the same, pretty much the same types of players you you'd probably pick. Yeah. No, no, but it, it, that's exactly right. We we, we saw Tatum at the year before, so let's be honest. We're just uh, parlaying our uh, playoff disappointments here at this point on uh, Locked On Bucks. But uh, to me, I'm still looking at the offensive side of the ball and and perimeter scoring and, and not necessarily creation for others. I think there's enough of that, um, but being able to uh, get your own shot would be pretty handy. Now, of course, again, if you look at the last two postseasons, Milton not really himself last year, although he was pretty damn good in that series from a scoring perspective, but the year before he wasn't there. So I still think another guy like that makes sense. I think the biggest question for me, and we can get into some of these names in just a second, but the biggest question for me is the 2029 pick and is the value significantly increased right now with other teams who are maybe sniffing blood in the water? And for the Bucs, 
Uh, does that make you more likely to want to trade it and cash in, or does it make you nervous about about the future? I think that's a fascinating question for this Bucks team. Uh, I want to get into that a little bit next after we talk about Jace Medical, uh, another sponsor of today's podcast. Uh, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Uh, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation uh, to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation throughout. So don't get caught underprepared. Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional 20 bucks off by using code LOCKEDON at the checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. By the way, I need to, uh, for those watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a Bucks, uh, like a... Purple. An old school. Well, here's the thing. This looks purple in this lighting. Or does it look purple to you too? This is a black shirt, but I have a purple version of this shirt that I wore earlier this week. And I got these shirts from friend of the pod, Andy Grozalski. When we had our locked on pod live, locked on pod, locked on bucks, locked on pod, locked on bucks, uh, live pod. Andy hooked me up with a couple of these. He just like makes these shirts. He just finds old logos and put some on shirts for himself and his friends. He gave me one uh, from like an eighties bucks logo uh, at like three in the morning out of the trunk of his car, the night with the bucks won the championship. So that's one of my favorite shirts. Um, and uh, he hooked me up a little bit more. So shout out to Andy longtime bucks, super fan. He he's the one who he organized the whole Mecca floor art exhibit. Um, he runs Mondo Lucha every year. He's just a man about town. So shout out to, uh, to Andy. But uh, anyway, Trade targets, King. Trade targets and uh, this hat right here. But US Open, by the way, uh, this is black. Uh, you are wearing purple. <laughs> You're wearing purple, my friend. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to convince anyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture and send it to you. <laughs> this is like the the, the, the the dress thing that nobody could agree on the color of, I guess, a couple of years ago. Uh, so if we, and you asked me about uh, positional targets, those types of things. And, and that's where I come into the question with the, the 2029 first, because it's still a long way in the future. I know the years that you look and you say 2029 is closer than you think. We're heading into the 2024 season, which sounds bizarre, but it's still a fair way off. So again, that is why a team might say, okay, this is a very attractive pick to us. We can have that. But if you look at some of those names that you had on the board, because what I'm seeing in YouTube comments is a lot of excitement about uh, Colin Sexton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe to a lesser extent, Bojan Bogdanovic, although we spoke about him a little bit last season around the trade deadline, would the Bucks be interested in making a move there? To me, though, well, either Bogdanovic. He's so, but Bojan's just so old. Like I, I that's the part. That's the part. It's like, man, like I'm looking at this roster and I'm like, how do we get? How do we get like you know if if how do we get guys that are at least like younger than than. Slightly younger than our core guys. I'm not necessarily saying we find like a 24 year old superstar or something because I know that's not you know behind door number one. But uh, but just like can we not add, can we not you know cash in the 29 29 for 2029 first for you know a 35 year old guy like that 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 would make me a bit nervous, right? So I, I, I let me let me say this. I think the 
the test that the litmus test that I run when I think about using that 2029 first, because I think there's a natural like urge to say like, well, just, just get somebody good, right? Just get somebody who's going to help you. Like somebody, you know, is going to play in the playoffs. Like that would be obviously like the, the minimum, right? Like <laughs> don't give 2029 first for a guy that like, you're not sure if he's going to be in the, the eight man rotation uh, in the playoffs, right? Like the, the Jay Crowder problem. Um, but I think, I think you have to hold it to a higher standard. I mean, it, it's again, th- that is like, I don't say it's your last chip because next summer on draft night, the Bucks can take their 2024 first round pick. They can't trade it officially in advance, but they can basically work out a deal where they say like, Hey, we'll, who do you want? We'll pick that guy for you. And then we'll trade it to you after the draft. And that doesn't, you know, violate yeah. any of the trading future first round pick. So again, by on draft night next summer, they could trade the 2024 plus if they sell up the 2029 plus the 2031 pick also comes into play starting in July, basically. So you could do a deal where you completely, you know, mortgage, <laughs> you know, again, like I always joke about, we're going to be dead by the time these picks convey, but we'll really be dead by the time those picks convey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could go all in, right? <laughs> like Drew Holiday trade part two um, and and make that big swing trade next summer on draft night, right? Or, or sort of free agency. Um, but you do not have that same ability, right? You can only trade the 2029 first um, leading up to the trade deadline this year. So your asset stockpile is, is a bit different, right? I mean, you could break it up too, right? You could use the 2029 first and then use those other two picks um, later. Um, but I would say the thing that I think about when, I'm, when we're talking about trading these picks, like if you're just talking about the one future first, um, look, you're not getting a second best player on a championship team with that pick. I'm not under any illusion of that. And you're probably not getting a third best player, certainly not the third best player on next year's, you know, hopeful championship team. That said, I think, especially if you're looking at some at the younger players that we've been talking about, if you make a gamble, if you take an upside swing, I think you at least want to be using that type of draft capital. I think you at least want to be able to tell yourself that that guy you're trading for could be, maybe the third banana if things go well, right? Not necessarily the third banana right away, right? Like Colin Sexton, like, man, expecting Colin Sexton to be the third banana on a championship team next year. Like, that's, that's a lot. But um, but again, is is there a guy out there? And I don't know that there is, right? I don't know if there is a guy that you can get with just that pick and contracts, right? Bobby, Pat, Grayson, whatever. Um, but that's partly why you don't trade it until you maybe do have a better belief in that. So that that's sort of why I'd be thinking, been thinking about is like, do you, do you, if you're going to use that type of draft capital, are you getting a guy that you can see being Giannis's running mate and kind of helping bridge this team to the afterlife of the current kind of current core four, which again is like, that's the Holy grail is finding a way to compete beyond, you know, the next couple of years when, Brooke in particular, Chris, Drew are, are going to decline. Um, and again, it's, that is not going to be easy and it may not be particularly feasible without a whole lot of luck. Um, but that's, that's kind of the job for John horse at this point, right? Is maximize the next two years and then give yourself a chance to, to keep going beyond that. So I would probably, and now again, this, this doesn't necessarily fit the age profile and, if I go through some of the names you mentioned on the sheet again, which is uh, 
looking at guys that, as you've got here, upside swing, whether it's Kaminga, Cole Anthony, it's hard to see the Bucks making that trade this year because you feel if they're making a trade that is significant, it is a guy, as you pointed to, that he's going to be in your six, seven-man rotation in the postseason. Now, are those guys there? They weren't last year. Well, the Orlando Magic didn't make it. Kaminga wasn't in it, really, for the Warriors. Yeah. So, but Bogdan Bogdanovich, so this is the point. I agree with you. Uh, Boyan is, is too old at this point. That would feel like an underwhelming use of your very... Yes, yes, potentially your sole asset. But Bogdan, so he's just turned 31. Uh, he came to the NBA late. He's been a professional for a long time. So he's definitely got miles on the legs. But he hasn't got 10 plus years of NBA miles on his legs. And I don't know, you know, the knees and stuff have been a bit of a problem in Atlanta. So he's had some injuries. So it's not without risk. But I still feel like he's been kind of underutilized in the NBA. Now, it's a very different game, but we've seen it time and time again, whether it was 2019 with Serbia, 2023. Now, Paddy Mills does this for Australia, so that's the counter to this point. But he is a dominant player. He, he is a guy that I think if you look at the scorers and you say, well, okay, do I really trust Drew Holiday based on what we've seen as a scorer in the postseason? It's hard. He's had moments, but clearly the... The efficiency hasn't been there. Middleton, you trust. Giannis, you trust. Honestly, you trust Brook Lopez. But I think you need another guy. And I would believe that Bogdanovich could be that guy. You're not asking him to be the second best player on the team. The other thing that helps with him is the contract is pretty friendly. 18 mil this year, 17 next year, 16 the year after. And then a team option at 16 mil for 2027. That's a pretty fair deal for a guy that I think is a, is a pretty impactful player. So... You might say, as you pointed to, let's wait till next offseason because maybe you can really make a big swing and maybe you regret using the 2029 pick. But that is a guy that I could say, okay, I, I understand it and I think it can help you win a title this year. Yeah, and I mean, I think the we mentioned at the top, right? Um, there is a list of guys that Giannis likes. Yeah. Who... If you acquire one of those guys, you increase the probability of Giannis staying. And, you know, again, I think Bradley Beal's on that list. Um, Boyan Bogdan Bogdanovich was at one point. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, whether he still is, like, kind of an open question. But my guess is, you know, like most players, you know, um, they they tend to have sort of like their sticky list of guys they like. And, and yeah. maybe they typically hang on a little bit longer than they should as far as their opinions of guys. Um, and, you know, looking at, looking at Bogdan's playoff history, uh, you know, he struggled. He had the knee problems that first year. I mean, thank God, by the way, the Bucks beat the Hawks. Like the, the scenario where Bogdan, yes. you don't sign, you don't get him. And then he comes back to haunt you and somehow beats you in the playoffs. Like that was just, you know, I mean, that was truly like never trust the Bucks, old Bucks, sad sack type, type nightmare energy. Um, so, it's actually the anti-Bucks to think about. So because that trade didn't go through, they win the title anyway. Yeah. And then three years later, they win a title and Bogdan Bogdanovich is the key in-season trade pick. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a book. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, like since that playoff run, I mean, they've only, um, he, he wasn't, he's had like a 49% true shooting that playoff run. He wasn't great. Yeah. Again, was dealing with the injuries. Um, but 
the two since then, he, he's, he was better. Um, you know, 53% true shooting in the, what, 21-22. He's shot really well in the series last year that they lost against the Celtics. He was like 70% true shooting. So, I mean, you know, again, FIBA Bogdan is not necessarily a guy we're ever going to see. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I've, I've always liked him. Again, not a great defensive player by any stretch, but he's frisky, you know. Um, I it's funny. I think back to him. I, I went to a Kings Bucks game, and he he got matched up on Giannis a few times on switches, and he was just like, like you know, he knew that he could just foul the shit out of Giannis like off the ball, basically <laughs> when he was posting up. So he was like really aggressive, and I was just like, well. Bogdan, you know, it's frisky, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, we don't have to belabor that anymore. But um, it, it's funny. Like, I just, especially when they traded for Murray, I just sort of thought, like, are they really going to pay, you know, give Bogdan another bag? Um, but they they obviously, you know, extended him. And uh, he's, you know, his contract's a little, slightly lower now than, than it was. He literally just turned 31 years old. Um and he's on a declining contract. He's going to make shade under 19 this year and then 17, 16 and 16 club option on the last year. So, I mean, the contract is, especially in an escalating cap environment, like, you know, by the 25, 26 year, you're talking about 10% of the total league cap. So pretty, pretty modest, you know, at that point. But again, the, the question there is like, he'll be 33 in 25, 26. Um, you know, is he a, you know, a guy that's sitting out a lot of games because his knee is bad or whatever it might be, but, but yeah, Bogdan, I always, always found him intriguing. And again, though, are you willing to give up a, a 20 time first round pick for it? That's, that's a bit tough. It's a uh, team chemistry, Frank. Uh, you just have a whole roster full of guys with dodgy knees. It's uh, something, to, something to bond over. <laughs> get a, get a, maybe you can get a deal on, uh, you know, knee cleanups, right? Yeah, but, that's right. Buy two, get the third free or something like that. You already got Chris and Giannis this summer. Maybe you can get the, Maybe Bogdan can get a free one next summer if the Bucks get him. That's right. That's something to think about, uh, particularly for a team uh, that's uh, in the repeat attacks. You got to save those pennies uh, where you can. So maybe that's something they can do there. Uh, shall we wrap this up? Let's do it. All right. So let us know what you think. Uh, lots of names that we've mentioned in this podcast, and obviously at the back end we discussed uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich a lot. So give us specifically your thoughts. Is that something you'd be willing to part with the 2029 pick? And that pick, as we've discussed, could be used now potentially on a perhaps a smaller scale trade, or maybe you can hold on to it and, and try and uh, take a larger swing next off season when maybe things are going to ramp up a little bit. So let us know what you would do if you were the Bucks. I would say generally in this situation, patience is not at a premium uh, when it comes to trade. So I'm curious to see what everyone thinks about uh, the Bucks situation and what they should do. Uh, mentioned it a few times, but plenty of good podcasts this week from uh, Damian Lillard specifically to the New York Knicks as well. At some point, I keep mentioning it, we're going to uh, lock in a date, but you've got to turn the notifications on and subscribe. We'll do a live podcast. And then all these topics we've discussed, uh, you can jump in the chat and fire away your thoughts and opinions there as well. So we'll lock in the time for that. If you're subscribed, I'll put it up. We'll put it on Twitter and you'll know when we're going to do that. So we'll leave it there uh, for today. 